Hello and welcome back to Cinema Bros. I'm Nicholas. And I'm G. And today we are bringing you a brand new episode of the Cinema Bros podcast. That's right. Episode number two of 2024. Episode two of 2024. That is correct. Um, And this one is episode 37. 37. And here on episode 37, we are doing seven, uh, which, sorry. Well, I was just saying, number 37, and we're doing seven. Ooh, good planning on our part, as always. <laughs> as always. Um, yeah. We're doing seven, 1995, directed by David Fincher. David Fincher. And it is rated R. Gee, how are you doing this afternoon? doing swell ready to talk about seven i am uh it's been a while since i've seen this movie and i feel like i say that a lot and uh, <laughs> that is i say, say a this a lot too there was a lot of it that i like didn't remember uh, because i think what it was was like i've probably only seen this movie all the way through like once and all the rest of the times it's like you're only why i'm only watching pieces of it I have definitely, I can tell you on my end, I rem I there wasn't anything where I was like, oh, I didn't remember this. It was pretty fresh. And that is because I just watched it for the first time last year. Okay. Um, so I just I have seen it pretty recently. Not recently, but you know, in the past year. Um mm-hmm. but there was like um Wow, I just lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> what were you talking about? Nothing oh, that like you yeah, like were like, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, but. that's what it was. There wasn't anything like that, but this was the only the second time that I've ever watched a movie through. Like I watched it for the first time, and it was my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. And that was one. And then I haven't seen it again till here for the podcast. So it's a pretty fresh movie in my eyes. Like I've I I've really only I've only I only saw it once. I wish I could like have watched it again for the first time for the podcast. Yeah. 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 Just because of like how the whole thing ends and everything like that. It's crazy. I also just love the, the, I don't know what you would call it. The format of the movie, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, the way the week plays out. Right. And it comes up on the screen. Yeah. Like that. Like I love that. And it's, it also is really good because you're kind of on a timetable because one of the main characters is retiring so it's like Somerset, yeah and he keeps saying at the end of the week so then throughout the movie you're going through the week and Which it's is... like monday tuesday wednesday thursday and it's really good and i just love like the uh i guess i guess you could say it's the format uh but i really just appreciate that that off the bat yeah, yeah. but yeah very like early on uh like obviously there's the whole seven deadly sins component but it's right. also like there's the seven days component to it right um, seven murders in seven days i guess too yeah for the um, seven deadly sins, and so. in case anybody is wondering the seven deadly sins are greed gluttony sloth wrath what do i have written here lust envy and pride and pride pride's the one i couldn't read i was like what does that say it looked like price and i was like that can't be one mm-hmm. um so those are the seven deadly sins and that's kind of the that's where seven comes from in the movie's title Mm-hmm. The movie's title, by the way. Let's talk about that for a second. 
it is that movie's title is actually se seven the 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 digit i guess you could say seven the number en yeah Mm -hmm. isn't that isn't that kind of cool it is cool it's like seven twice basically (laughs) seven seven deadly sins in seven days it is it's it's like the 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 s e and the e n are like the week and then in the middle of the week is the actual is seven is the seven seven deadly sins yeah yeah i like that um but but yeah so that's like that's you know kind of the main theme of the movie i guess is like the seven deadly sins but um before we get too too into it garrett would you like to do a I'm gonna let you do it because I think I've done the past couple. Oh, he turned it around on me. I did. You you gotta be quicker, man. You gotta be quicker. What do you mean I gotta be quicker? You gotta be quicker. You gotta say, "Hey, man, you should do the synopsis." You gotta be. I always beat you to the punch. You do. (laughs) I think you like passing it off on me. I could do it if you want. No, no, no. I'll do it this time. You're right. Um. So seven, right? Uh, our two main characters are Detective Mills and Detective uh, Somerset. And played by Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And I, we already said Somerset's kind of at the end of his career, right? Mm-hmm. And Mills is kind of a newer detective. But it's like a transfer. Yeah, yeah. He's a transfer yeah. from, I don't remember where they said. They don't really tell us where other than that we know it's like somewhere like super rural because they were talking about like oh how he's new to the city and stuff well and just like how like they don't miss like the country aspect of it they say something like more uh, like along those lines but right yeah so he's yeah and basically you know these two detectives are going to do what well they're going to solve a case and this case is uh, a series of violent murders that coincide with the seven deadly sins and you know throughout the movie throughout the week that the the movie takes place the two main characters are slowly discovering new clues new uh branches to take and new um you know they're, they're investigating these murders and eventually were led to the um the 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 killer himself john doe is his name that is his actual uh, name who doesn't have any uh fingerprints he's cut his fingers off um um but you know and then you know we kind of things escalate from there he makes like a little pseudo deal with the cops that he'll take him to the last two bodies but they have to come with him right so they go with him to the end and that's kind of our climax is where he takes these detectives um and it turns out at the very end that um uh, John Doe is the representation of Envy. He's one of the bodies that wasn't mm-hmm. even there. Which that's like that goes to show John Doe's master plan, right? He did five, but then he said, I'm going to be one. And then, you know, but then the last one is. Is um, Mills, right? Mills is kind of the last representation of the last uh, of the last sin and it's wrath. Hmm. Right. That's kind of what they imply in the movie is that because he basically at the end of the end of the end of the end of the movie, Mills kills John Doe. Yeah, I always thought becoming, it was like the becoming, wife. I never knew like what 
it was. Like what her sin was, but what you're saying actually makes more sense. Yeah, I the wife's a good point. I always took it as when Mills kills Doe, which is what he wants. That's what that's what John Doe wants his friend right. to kill him. Yes, he becomes wrath by killing him. Right, he commits the sin of wrath by shooting and killing him because John Doe killed his wife and put right. her head in a box at the end of the movie. That's how I always took it is that actually like John Doe is envy, which they kind of come out and tell you because John, John Doe is envious of Mills life. He tells him that in the police car. Yeah. And, and he tells him that again when he's like, basically like, are like, aren't you listening to me? Right. I'm trying to tell you how much I admire you. And then I always took Mills to be actually the representation of wrath in the movie. Don't no, know if that's that makes- true or not, but that's how I always kind of took it. That makes sense. Um, it actually makes so, a, lot, a lot of sense because I never knew like what she was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think she was to be anything. She was the crux of Mills becoming Wrath, right? Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. her dying, Mills wouldn't become Wrath. So that's kind of right. like the point of that. But but anyways, to wrap up the synopsis, uh, it kind Her's of screaming. ends. It kind of ends. Huh? Just sorry to interrupt, but per screen rant, you are correct. Yay. That was some quick internet research. I appreciate that. That's good to know. That's, yes. that's what I always figured, but I'm glad that I know that it's backed up because I guess I never got it confirmed that it was in fact true. But um bless you. But um, <sighs> um so at the end of the movie, uh Mills gets uh thrown into a cop car and Somerset kind of wraps up the movie with a narration and and Somerset kind of gets to, uh, you know, he gets to retire, which is good. The whole movie, for some reason, the first time I saw it, I'm thinking. Sorry? Like, does he retire, though? Because, like, at the end, the chief's like, so, like, where are you going to be or something like that? And he's like, I'll be around. Yeah, I mean, like, I still live in this city. He might not be working, but I still live here. Like, you'll see me around. You know what I mean? So, but, like, here's the whole thing. is like, he was talking about when he retires, he wants to go, like, move out to a farm. Like, he wants to leave the city. The city's what makes him want to retire. But him and Mills have that conversation at the bar where Detective Somerset's basically talking about how, and I, like, really, really, really like this scene. Great scene. He's talking about like how he wants to retire because basically how he's like become like numb to everything and how like the city just people are terrible and like just like the moral. Oh, what did I say? Everything's messed up beyond gone and it's beyond worth fixing. And then Mills basically says, I don't think that's why you want to retire. Uh, you're, okay, he, he's quitting, he's not quitting because those things are true, he's quitting because, 
I can't. Okay. Well, I clearly didn't write it good enough. (laughs) That's okay. I understand what you're saying. It's a really great scene. And there's a line that I had to write down. I had to write down uh, what you're talking about, but it's a part of when, when, um uh, has talking about his like it's almost like his view on the world right and how yes, this job yes. has affected them and whatnot he says it's easier to, to to beat a kid than raise him in this world which i thought was a really like uh a, a cool line especially when morgan freeman says it right um yeah. um but um yeah great scene in the bar love that scene it shows the duality of the two main characters really well mm-hmm. um and really kind of paints a picture about you know it just kind of paints a picture of these two detectives who have the same job one of them's been doing it for a way longer than the other one and one's been doing it in this city way longer than the other one yeah so it's interesting to see there too you know the, like, like i said the duality of them um mm-hmm. but i, I but great I, great scene great scene yeah. yeah and i think the thing though about that scene is is that Detective Mills makes Detective Somerset like rethink his whole reason for retirement. He yeah. kind of like turns it all on his head because he's like, I know you want me to sit here. Because basically, Detective Somerset's like, Oh, you think you're going to make a difference? That's why you're doing this. Right. And he's like, Mills is like, I know you want me to say you're right, that everything is beyond repair, but it's bullshit. And yeah, that's why I'm doing this is because somebody has to and somebody's got to make a difference And this. And basically kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Since I couldn't really explain what he's. But anyway, so I think like with all of that being said, it kind of like changed Mills's mind. That's how I was kind of like oh. what I was thinking when the movie ended instead of him. Because before he was like, I'm retiring and I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, I I'm... see, I never that's interesting. I never really took it as that. I took it as. And he, then he to told me. the chief, like, I'll be around. So maybe not like he's going to stay a detective, but like maybe he'll continue to do consulting or something like that. But it, I took it as like hmm. he wasn't going to the farm like he originally planned and getting out of town. Maybe. It also could just be we could be reading into it too much and it could just be yeah, people maybe. say I'll see you around because they don't like saying goodbye or whatnot. So it's like, ah, I'll be around. You know what I mean? Like, give me a call sometime. It could just be a saying or whatnot, but I always, I always took it to the end of the movie to me feels like after what happened with Mills and this last case that he worked as crazy last assignment, almost I feel make him want to retire more (laughs) because it's so, you know what I mean? And then, you know, uh, he, he says the line at the end, I, I might be the last w- line in the movie, but he, he's quoting Ernest Hemingway and he says, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. And he says, I agree with the second part. Right. Right. So, Which again goes back to that bar scene when he's telling Mills like that it's too far gone, like it's beyond repair. And now he has this view of it is worth fighting for where do you get where'd that come from though just because of mills like that seems so like such a quick turnaround to me if that is the case yeah but i mean you got to think about it too at the very beginning of their when they first meet somerset was like i don't like you need to take him off this i'm not i don't want to work with him anymore yeah like i got a week left and i don't want to spend it working with this guy 
And then over the course of the case, I think really the turning point was when they had dinner. Uh, the dinner scene, the yeah. But they end up becoming closer. And then I think that like Mills just really got got through to him. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have a conversation with somebody and you just break through. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you, they have a realization. Yeah, and you might be you might you might be right about about Somerset maybe staying around, but um that all all that goes to say there's the synopsis. That's what I was wrapping up, but that's the uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. It, it was a good it was a good discussion because it branched from the I was just saying, you know, the movie kind of ends with him talking and mm -hmm. Mills being put in a cop car. So that's kind of where the movie ends. It's a it's a uh, it's a great movie. It's 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 to be honest with you, I thought it was longer when I went to watch it this time for the podcast. I for some reason thought it was like a three hour movie. Mm -mm. I don't know why. I thought it was more. I I thought it was kind of a really like long, drawn out uh, runtime for the movie. For some reason, I remember it like I I remember it like that the first time, but the second time, honestly, I felt the runtime was quite perfect. If I do say so myself, like there was never a time where I was like, well, it's dragging too much, or man, they really pick it up. Like two hours and seven minutes, I think that's a fine time for a movie. You know what I mean? Um. It so, had a good pace. Yeah, it did have a good pace. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. Um. Yeah, I I really 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 like this movie. Um. From like the if you've never seen him before, the like twist at the end. Uh, yeah. Intro, like apparently. Um. Like when they're doing the opening credits, first of all, it was kind of like a horror movie. It was pretty quite. It was quite scary. Yeah. And I feel like some stuff out there considers this like a scary movie. Uh, thriller, I guess. I feel like it's more. Get, yeah, I'm getting more of a thriller vibe. But in those opening like credit scenes, it's like showing the killer almost preparing for everything he's doing. Yeah. And apparently that was like uh, inspired of has inspired like a lot of movies since then. Like that was like a huge thing that people were like really. Uh, it was like really inspiring, I guess, that I thought was like kind of cool. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm sure I could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But this, I, I guess, really like this movie is like really dark and gritty. And that's kind of like right up my alley. And I just this is quite a Garrett movie. I'm not going to lie. Like watching it, I was like, it's not a mob movie, but it's definitely up Garrett's alley. Like yeah. it's got that. Um, I don't know. It's just got that vibe that I feel like you kind of go for in a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That this real actually... world. Right. That real world, like darker kind of uh, grittier uh, vibe. I feel like is kind of your your alley, like specifically like real world stuff that would happen in the real world. I feel like you're pretty big about that. Yeah, you like realism. I feel yeah. like in your movies, like I, I, we've talked about it before on this podcast, multiple episodes, where you're like, "Well, it's not really realistic," you know what I mean? And then you like, it's like a a whole, you know, that's a thing for you. So I feel like this movie definitely is. I was thinking about that when I was watching it. I was like, "Yeah, this is a." I, I hope I was like, I think Eric probably loves this movie. Yeah, 
I actually, like I said, it's been so long since I've seen it, so I'm so glad we did it for the podcast because I am uh, too. I am very I glad. Like, oh, I got done, and I was telling my wife, I was like, "Oh man, that was such a good movie. <laughs> it was so awesome." Yeah. Um, yeah. By the time it wraps up, I feel like it's kind of one of those movies where like credits roll at the end, and you kind of have to like lean back, and you're just kind of like, "Damn," you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one, it's one of those movies which I love. Yeah. I love doing that. But there's like different ways that that can happen. That feeling, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, we've done it on the podcast, Shawshank Redemption, right? That movie Which ends. Was and our I, first Morgan Freeman movie. It was. It was also like our second episode, I think. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, second. it might have been second or third. Um, I. It feels so long ago now. Um, end of that movie, right? I lean back and I go, "Damn!" But it's more like a ah, like what a great ending. Like you know what I mean? Like it's a it, it's the same feeling, but it can go two different ways. For the you know this movie, it kind of ends, and you're kind of like. Ooh, man, that was, you know, damn, that was a lot. You know, there was the 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 darkness kind of you kind of feel it at the end because one of the main characters is arrested, you know, it's like mm-hmm. but there's a little glimmer Not of hope like at the arrested, end of like, He like surrenders himself. Yeah. He also by doing that completes the bet the killer's plans, which is uh, which sucks as well. But like I said, there's a little glimmer of hope at the end with Somerset's, you know, kind of monologue at the end. There's a little glimmer of hope for you to ride off with at the end of the movie. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of gets you thinking, right? Um, yeah. If Morgan Freeman doing a monologue doesn't get you thinking. Then you didn't watch the movie, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. Um. You know what I really, really love, Garrett? What's that? I love in movies like detectives detectiving things. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I yeah. love that stuff. I love like um like just good hardcore like detective work in movies, especially like in this movie when it like pieces together and it's like you're building and building on this mystery that event ends up being you know whatever it is i just love uh you know just good detectives investigating a good crime i know that sounds weird but you know what i mean like and especially in movies like yeah that we've also done on the podcast another one it it's it's weird because it's actually a movie you wouldn't think would be like that but the batman right it's a superhero movie but Man, is that movie at its core just two detectives? One just happens to be Batman, mm-hmm. right? And one is Gordon, and they're going through, and they're that movie's just it's like that in this way, in, in the fact that it builds on a on a mystery until it eventually like explodes at the end with something grand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But well, I just love I like, movies like that. I love them. The fact that it's like 1995 too. They're not like oh, pull up the 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 video stream and just locate him gps via his cell phone tap you know like they have to actual do his facebook account you know (laughs) like they actually you know had to like there's a point where morgan freeman is or detective somerset wants to learn about the seven deadly sins so he goes to a library and gets a bunch of 
looks like yeah. he doesn't pull out a smartphone and google it i love um, that like usually in movies now it's like you go up the main character like goes on the computer and it shows them like typing for a while yeah. and yeah. it shows them like reading things but i just love like i'm gonna head to the library and start reading and uh checking out some books you know like some good old hardcore books you yeah. know I, I i'm glad you brought that up because in that scene when he first goes to the library i was like yes a freaking library you guys remember those the old like, dewey decimal i feel like us as a society has forgotten about libraries yeah you know yeah um, it's crazy too because now even the libraries are digital like they have like licenses for like uh ebooks and stuff yeah. so now you can check books out of the library just straight onto your phone or computer or tablet or whatever it's 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 uh it's crazy yeah it um, is quite crazy you brought up batman and i'm glad you did although we don't know <clears throat> what city or what state that this is filmed in um I definitely got some Gotham vibes and Gotham. It's like always or rainy. Um, and in this movie, it literally is raining the entire movie. It is. Uh, except for the very like last act, which is when they're leaving the city to go out into the desert. Um, which is weird. They go to a desert. It makes me change where the city is. But to me, the city always gave me a, Chicago, New York vibe. Right. But, but then the desert gonna, aspect if, makes if you think of like LA or something. If they're going to the desert in two hours, I know, but it doesn't rain all the time in LA. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, where the hell were they? It rains a lot in Seattle. Fictional. That's Maybe that's where they were. You could drive to the desert from there. It'd take you a while, though. I don't know. It where could you drive from the desert? They're, they're in, like, in they're the in desert at 7 a.m. Because remember, he's like, what time is it? And he's like, 7.01. So, like. Where the hell were they? It doesn't ever say. Uh, That's weird. I always got a New York, Chicago, maybe Detroit vibe. You you brought up Gotham, and usually Gotham as a city, it's a fictional, of course. But they is usually always filmed in Chicago. Anytime you see Gotham in a TV show or movie, it's it's usually Chicago. If it isn't a green screen, it's Chicago. I don't know why. It's just the way that works. But yeah, I'm trying to think of a city that rains a lot and you could drive to the desert from. Those two things don't really go together, but it's weird, too, because like like you just said, if it's raining all the time and you can drive to the desert where the hell where the hell are they yeah they can't be they can't be that close to the desert because the city isn't it's not like there's like palm trees and stuff like they're not in like la right. or like san diego or i feel like it's on the east coast but if that's the case they went on a they went on a 15 hour road trip to take this guy where he wanted which cannot be true because there's like a helicopter and stuff I, I yeah my brain is on fire Garrett, why did well, you? Again, I, mean, I can't I don't believe know. this. I didn't yeah. thought of this. How did they get? To well, the my point was more just like it's raining the whole movie. It's dark, and like when he's Morgan Freeman's in the cab, they like drive by, and there's like a dude getting mugged. They talk about. He tells the police chief how like just a couple blocks from here, when they're in the police station, a guy was robbed, and then they stabbed him in his eyes, and they're just basically talking about like 
all of the crime. Like even in the very beginning, when Somerset first meets Mills, he's like, Mills is like, I've worked homicide before. And he's like, but you've never worked homicide in this city. And he's like, now you remember that this over this next week or something like that. So they're just going on and on basically about how terrible of a city it is. And it's always like rainy and dark. It just, it just really gave me Gotham vibes. So it's interesting that you brought that up. Like on a yeah. whole different note. Um, so I did a little internet digging. Okay. Um, the movie was shot in Los Angeles, of course. The movie is based on the director's um, uh, depressing time what, when he was in New York. But it is set in a fictional city in California. Interesting. In Bardak County in the United States. I don't know. Um um basin city is what someone said it is basin um they think that's the closest to where basically i think someone did a lot of research and said from where they are where they drove and that it rains it has to be this city it's a fictional city but someone they think basin city is where they actually are if you put them on our map interesting because um, you can get to the desert easily but it's not in a desert area still raining that much in california still weird fictional see the city or not um that's weird i feel like movies that aren't like um set in the future or like a superhero movie or whatnot they usually don't go out of their way to do a fictional city you know what hmm. i mean they're just like oh that's in new york it feels weird doesn't it to create Ooh. a whole fictional city for this movie where you could just be like New York and people would be like, all right, cool. Or Chicago and people would be like, all right, cool. But yeah, I think you wanted think it, by like, it to take place in the desert and it wouldn't have made sense. I feel like Well, right. Reason. And I think by like making it fictional, they can kind of like make it their own and do what they want. Like, because when you read a book, right? Like a fictional book, because technically this movie's fiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's made up cities and towns and countries and. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, just like Gotham, like we've already mentioned, that's a made right. up city. Mm -hmm. It just it just seems weird for this movie. But cool. That mystery's put to bed. I had to look it up. I was like, I can't with this. I never <laughs> thought of that. I knew until you brought it up. It had never crossed my mind that they're in a rainy city. And then all of a sudden they're in the desert. I never even thought of that. Like not <laughs> once. I'm really glad you brought that up. But God, that mystery is. We just detect. We just became detectives right there. Yeah, we did some sleuthing. Although we didn't go to the library. No, no, no. We used oh, our high tech uh, Cinema Bros software, as you always say. Um. So we got great actors in this movie, right? Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey. Now. Isn't it interesting the kind of friendship that develops between Tracy and Somerset? I the scene where they go to breakfast together is like a pretty underrated scene in this movie. I feel like, yeah, she like invites him to go out to breakfast because she needs advice, basically. Right, and like as she said, she doesn't really know anybody else in the city. Yeah, I don't know anybody else. Like, will you come and and they and they talk, and he gives her some pretty good advice too. 
but and he yeah, opens up to her. He gets like really like personal. He does. Like, it's not something he had to share with her, but he does. I don't know if even Mills knows that you about I mean? about Detective Somerset. Yeah. No, probably, there's no way. That's what I mean. Like he opened up, and I don't feel like his partner doesn't even know that stuff. So I just think it's kind of an interesting, uh, underrated like little relationship in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay, well, we we probably have to mention as well <laughs> the what's in the box line that is very quoted and uh, popular and probably the most iconic line from the most uh, iconic thing from this movie is definitely yeah. that line. There's gifts yeah. of what's in the box and people doing impressions of what's in the box, like just like kind of the way he says it. But it's he a does big say thing. it a little weird. He does say it a little weird. Um, he really drags out box. I don't yeah. know why. It's um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is like that. Um, so that's definitely like definitely the most iconic thing in this movie. Like, you, if you tell somebody, say something from Seven, you know, what are they going to say? Yeah. They're going to say that. So I feel like we have to mention that. What was in the box, Garrett? It was Tracy Mills' head. The first time I watched it, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I watched it, jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I knew it was something bad because obviously the first thing they show you about the box is uh, Morgan Freeman like backs up from it, like scaredly. Yeah, and you're like, oh damn, it must be something. When he's like, there's, of... blood on, there's blood on the box, and then you're like, but what could it be? And then, woo, I mean, that's that's like the big twist in the end of the movie, right? I mean, it's so. Shocking because there's just nothing. I feel like it comes out of nowhere. There's no like, it's not like they set anything up with like, you see Tracy and she's at home and then like somebody is like behind her or something. Do you know what I mean? There's like none of that. It's like, yeah, well, that's what makes it like such a twist. Is that yeah, there's like, like no hints of about like, you. yeah, yeah, it's cool. There's like zero hints about like, that's what's like. Not. That's what's crazy about like having seen this before is that John Doe is in the back of the cop car knowing this is all going to happen. Hoping, yeah. I mean, probably knowing his plan's gonna work out. Right. It's and crazy that part of his plan is that he dies like, though. Huh? It's crazy that part of his plan is to die though. Well, clearly he was. Mills was like somewhat right when he's like, you're crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. What were you uh, saying though? Well, and I think his whole thing was like, so part of me wonders this too, if that was his original plan. Cause he makes a comment once they find his apartment. Right. Yeah. Uh, and when he's like finally in questioning, he's like basically telling them I had to kind of speed things along, uh, you know, due to you guys basically like them finding out who he was. They were being good detectives, basically. They were. But so like, I, I almost wonder if like, that's originally what he was going to do. Um, or I feel like if, he was always going to turn himself in. Right. Cause that's how it was always going to end is with, is with them and him in the desert. I feel like that's how, always how it was going to end. I feel like he was always going to turn himself in. I feel like he just turned himself in early. I think. You, or so are you, you saying that he, he turned himself in? Going to... 
I see what you're saying. Or are you saying he turned himself in because it was getting, they were getting too close and he didn't want to be caught. He wanted to be, he didn't want to be caught. He wanted to turn himself in. Well, here's my, so here's kind of what I was thinking. Basically along that is that yeah. Yeah, right. they knew who he was. So he mm-hmm. knew it was a matter of time before he got caught. Right. Because right. like he, he knew it was a matter of time. So I think he kind of like switched gears and came up with this plan because ultimately his thought was like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. So like, I'm just going to have what's his name. Kill me. Yeah. Mill. Yeah. And yeah. like, here's a way to do it. I mean, you, you might be on to something there. Cause he does yeah. say that he had to change it a little. Oh, excuse me. A little bit. Like it's not, that's not the original plan. So it's yeah. interesting to think about like, what was the original plan? If these guys were, let's say, like not good detectives, what what would the plan have looked like? You know, probably to finish out the sins on other people, and then um, just like you know, escape uncaught, I guess. So that, like, basically, he completes his master plan, and then he's done, and like he never gets caught, and then he's kind of just you know made his mark on the world. Right. Uh, but then you could go the other way too and say that I feel I do feel like he wanted to be remembered in a sense cuz he kind of like we don't have much from him as far as like conversation, dialogue, but like so the most yeah. we get really is like when he's talking in the back of the cop car on the way out to the desert and he's talking about like making history and he tells mills like you're going to be a part of history too uh yeah like it's very very like under the radar foreshadowing it is right um yeah we also don't get any backstory from john doe think about that we never get any like like um not motivation because we kind of get that but like um yeah backstory like i feel like Usually your villain, you establish your villain, right? Mm-hmm. And you do that by showing them here's why they're the way they are, right? To bring up yet another movie we've done, the Joker movie, right? He's a bad guy. But that whole movie, it's granted the movie's about him, not right. these two detectives and John Doe. Right. But they're showing, it's just an example, they're showing you that this is why he's a bad guy. You know, well, and I think the movie, like you said, is not really about John Doe from his like perspective. Also, Joker is kind of like an origin story for the Joker. So that's kind of why it's all about him is because it's an origin story. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of like the whole thing is it's like that's what makes him so mysterious. Like there's no. Like, there's no employment history. There's no, like, there's nothing for this guy. Like, it he makes him scarier. That's for sure. Right. Like, yeah. And that's, it just adds to the I mystery mean, of he doesn't John even have who he is. Freaking fingertips. I mean, he doesn't have, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he cuts his fingerprints it, off. I and mean, it, like, he's yeah. got, this guy's, well, he's got issues, but he's, you know. How, so how crazy was it when, um, oh, well, I did want to mention, when he was talking, when he's in the back of the cop car and he's talking to, to him and he's like, just remember, like, I'm only here because I want to be here. Um, 
Right. That was kind of crazy. How oh, it was, it was because he was kind of reminding them that I'm glad you brought that up because I have that written down. Yeah. That line specifically. That is like, I mean, what else to say to them in that moment? But that's like um showing them that like just to remind you, as good as detected you were being, you didn't catch me. I turned myself in. Just remember yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like and... basically proving to them that yeah. Hey, you didn't get me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of have that satisfaction for himself or to prove to them, you know, either way. And you're still playing my game. That too. Because I'm, I'm still in control, in, right? I'm still in control. Even I might be in the handcuffs and behind, like. I was going to say, he's the one in handcuffs, but oddly, he he's the one in control, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. And obviously, he was in control to a pretty high level because he got Mills to it sounds weird to say, but cooperate in his plan. Yep. And kill him. Yep. Cause if Mills had, let's just go on this little alternate universe theory. God, right? I wish he wouldn't have. I and really let's, let's discover the alternate ending for this movie where Mills doesn't kill John Doe and decides to arrest him. What does that change exactly? Right. Well, Mills doesn't go to jail. That's one. Mm-hmm. Right. Two. John Doe, he's alive, but his plan failed. Yes. Which would mean that he was wrong. The thing about his plan succeeding is that technically he was correct. Well, I mean, like, right? In the sense of that, like, his plan worked. And he, I mean, kind of, he died with a satisfaction knowing that his plan worked. So it's like, well, and so like, that's the thing that I was just thinking about because it's like, like he, boom, he's dead. You know what I mean? Like Mill shot him in the face. So like, it's not like he had any time to savor the fact that it like his plan worked. That's true. If he like shot him in like the stomach, he could have been like, I win or something like, and then he kills him, but that's not how it happened. So I guess you're right. He didn't really get the satisfaction, but. But his plan did work. I mean, it, it, no, it it did. But I do think that, like, and obviously, like, that's the question, right? Like, would you do the right thing, which is not kill him and me, like send him to prison for the rest of his life? Which I think would be the bigger win because not only are you like doing the right thing, but also like he's gonna live the rest of his life in prison, knowing that like basically his masterpiece failed and didn't work out. And he has to be in jail. Right. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. And I guess we could call it a little poll here, just between the two of us. What, what, what it's hard, but like in, in that situation, do you think you would do the right thing? I have no idea. Yeah. I would like to think that I would, but I know I always I always hate it when somebody in that moment like that. with a gun in my hand in the middle of the desert. It's really hard to say that I, you know what I mean. I know when somebody when you get asked that question, that's like always my answer is I'd like to think that I would, right? But actually, like there and it happens, God, I don't know. Yeah, well, because you know what I mean? to make matters worse, like not only did he find out that his wife just got murdered, and not only murdered but decapitated. I f- she was pregnant I and he did that. not know that until that moment that's why he kind of starts to uh like cry while he's holding the gun yeah 
great acting in that moment. But yeah, in that moment, it, yeah, he did a really good job. It it that that does make matters like a lot worse, especially because he didn't know. Yeah. So that's like the moment he finds out is that the serial killer reveals it to him. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's just, it sucks. It does. It sucks. How? But I don't. I don't know. I definitely think he did the wrong thing, though. I think we're in agreement with that. Yeah. He well, definitely. Think, like, yeah. But at the, oh, man, I like just know. for the fact of like not letting him, not even like because the right thing to do would be to like go. He needs to go to jail. Yeah. And, no, like, not because of that, but because. To like foil his plan and be like, nah, nah, you actually can't make me do what you want me to do. You know what I mean? Because I bet it was satisfying. I get what you mean. Because it, I, it's, it was. I bet it was satisfying to kill him because he killed his wife. But like, how satisfying would it have been to like look him in the eyes, put your gun away, and say, "I beat you"? Yeah, that to thing, me, that like was- that is awesome. Right, because like you killed him and he's dead, but your wife and unborn child are also still dead. Like, and now like it doesn't really change anything. Not at all. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. And again, this is like the level-headed guy who. Yeah, I mean, like the but the 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 revenge of it, like him getting revenge, it doesn't change anything anymore. You know what I mean? If he's if he's if he's breaking into your house to kill your wife, but you're there and you pop him there, there you go. That changes things. You know what I mean? Like, because he didn't get to her. But like that at that point, I it's tough. But I feel like ultimately it's the wrong call. And I honestly think it would have been more satisfying to to tell this mastermind who thinks he's so smart to be like, "Hey, yeah, buddy, no. you lost." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That yeah. to me is like more of a win, for sure. But also, probably shooting him in the face felt good for him. But because he then shoots him again like eight to eight times. But it's just yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like that would have been that would have been that that that's an interesting like other ending for this movie. Oh, but yeah. I don't think I don't think that's like the the that I don't know. I don't know if this movie was supposed to have an ending like that. I don't want to call it a good ending because he's his wife still died, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they didn't want to have that resolution, I guess. Um, but man, how satisfying would it have been to like, see him in jail, like, like moping because his plan failed. Yeah. Like as a scene for us to watch, like that'd be. (laughs) So, well, there's another scene that uh, I thought was really crazy that I really wanted to kind of know like what your thoughts were. Um, so we can get to that in a moment, though, because I think we have some uh, background interference going on. Um, but... While we're waiting for them to mellow out, there was a scene in the beginning of the movie that I thought was actually really cool. Uh, and it's kind of like the first time, like when we have first met Mills uh, and he's like at home with Tracy and like the phone rings and he's basically getting called out. I think it's to the second murder, but he makes a comment about how like Serpico has to go to work or something about Serpico 
which is like an old Al Pacino movie where he plays a detective. Uh, and it's just real quick, just slid in there. But I thought it was really cool because that's like a really great movie. Uh, I've never heard of that movie. I didn't even catch that reference in in this movie. Yeah, or like like Serpico, like it, it's something about Serpico, but that's the name of the detective that Al Pacino plays. And basically, is that the a good whole movie? thing is this: like he plays this detective who finds a ton of money in the trunk of a car, like, and he turns it in, and it's like everybody like shuns him after that kind of because it's like, why the hell would you do that? Why would you not keep the money? Like, are you like this straight cop or whatever? Uh, but it's a really Really cool movie. I actually saw it on AMC, which is there the same place where I like watched this movie. So like watching it kind of like was giving me dude. Without AMC, I don't think I don't think Cinebro, I don't think you would have been a cinema bro. Because then no. like I can think of out of the 37 episodes, probably like 20 of them. You've said I saw this on AMC. Like without AMC, guys. Garrett would not be the other cinema bro. I mean, because I feel like you you watch so many of these great movies on there, and without it, you wouldn't have saw all those movies. Yeah, at least not when any you did. movie that's probably like pre like oh five or earlier, probably like earlier than that. But give myself a buffer. Yeah, uh, I most likely saw it on AMC. That's cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't have. I hadn't had cable in forever. Uh, so like, I don't know what AMC looks like now. I know they had like the walking dead and that was like huge, but like, as far as like movies go, I don't know what that looks like anymore, but like back in like the early two thousands, uh, they were always playing some really cool movies. Um, I, last I heard of AMC, they were launching a streaming service called AMC plus, I believe. And they're um, gonna have new Walking Dead TV shows on it, I believe. I guess I don't know about movies though. I bet they still probably have some movies on there. I mean, it's American movie classic, so you would think that they'd have it on there. Um, but yeah, so I just I, I had to mention that because it's a reference that you know it just to anybody who's ever seen it. I just thought it was really cool. What I wanted to ask you though was yes, sorry, was no, it's all good. When they finally get access to his apartment, John Doe's, and they're looking around in it, and he finds the black room and like the photography black or dark room, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and they realize that he was the photographer on the steps. Dude. How crazy was that? I have that written down to, to ask you the exact same thing. Cause Honestly, watching it again for the podcast, when it happened, I was like, oh shit, that's right. Like when this when the photographer when the when the photographer came in that scene, mm-hmm. I didn't like remember that that was the I wasn't like, oh, there he is, there's the killer. I was literally just like, that was weird. But I I feel like there was something that I, I should have remembered there. And then they reveal it again. And honestly, second time around, I was like, oh damn, it was him. Yeah. There's dude, a picture was... in that room and it's of uh, Mills like shooing the guy away, and yeah. Mills like yells for Somerset, and he runs in there. It's a crazy scene because Somerset runs in, and he shows it to him, and he's like, "Dude, he was a photographer." And it's crazy because um, that part happened so fast. I feel like what happens, and it's kind of cool because it almost sets like a little thing up for the end of the movie because 
uh, when the photographer is taking his picture and Mills is basically like, get out of here. Like, I'll mess you up. Totally, and yeah. Somerset's like, you know, those photographers pay really good money. Because he's basically like, I don't understand how they get here so fast. And, and he's like, they pay good money for in, for information. But what's crazy is he was already there because he was the killer. Well, at the end of the movie, he said he basically tells Mills that uh, for the right price, like cops will tell you anything. He's basically telling him that he paid another police officer to get his address. He says something about like they'll pay members of the They'll tell members of the press anything for the right price. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how we figured out where his apartment was for him to go visit his wife. Damn, dude. I didn't catch that at all. That's a bummer. Yeah. One of his own. I know. Unknowingly, right? One of his own kind of helped out John Doe. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 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 part where he's revealed as the photographer is crazy because the scene with the photographer happens so fast and you forget about it two minutes later. So when you're watching it for the first time and that comes back, you're like, man, I think they were going to I didn't think they were going to go back to that photographer. You know, yeah. like it's like crazy. Um, you know, you know, another part I thought was pretty interesting to talk about. What's that? The uh, chase scene where they see him outside of his apartment and they chase him. I literally was just thinking about that. How they were just like, they're walking up the steps to his apartment and they're like, it's rented to a John Doe. And they're like, I mean, we might as well just like cross it off the list. And they're standing there and this guy comes out with his grocery bag. And then gets he a gun like, out, pulls a gun and starts shooting at him. And it's like just a silhouette. You don't really see who it is. Yeah, it's cool because you're like... But um, yeah, it's um, but chasing it's it's really good. Uh, the camera's really quick. Like it's like I parts of it looks like the cameraman's running with them, which is always super yeah. cool. But it's interesting that at the end of the fight, he has Mills dead to rights, and he doesn't shoot him. Why? Because Mills is part of his plan. Mm. Right. That's why he doesn't. That's why John Doe doesn't shoot him there. And I think you're Chris, right, which maybe means that maybe his wife was going to be the ultimate like victim at the end. Um, but maybe he wouldn't have turned himself in, though. That could still be true, though. Like you were saying, yeah. maybe he doesn't. Says, maybe in the original plan, he doesn't turn himself in. He just keeps killing people, and the last victim is his wife. And maybe, maybe like yeah. Mills goes home, finds his wife dead, and John Doe would already be there, and he'll and he would just have been like here kill me and then mills would have killed him becoming wrath either way right that could have been maybe the original plan but um because he says something like during the interrogation like how uh like i like i couldn't i couldn't he basically says something along the lines of like i couldn't kill you because like i needed you or something like that uh So yeah. Um but yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up cuz that was something that I wanted to mention as well. There was a, actually a scene during that whole chase. I think it was like when oh, I wrote it down. Oh, when like he had the gun up to him and it it was like 
he was looking up and then it was like the rain was like dropping on to the camera kind of um i just thought that was like filmed really cool like that moment we were actually just talking about i wrote that down exactly really <laughs> so i'm really glad you brought that up yeah and the last thing i want to say about the chase scene is think about if he had somerset there not mills i mean he probably would have killed him because so, somerset has no he has no inclination into the final plan think about i mean that's crazy so i looked that up like why didn't he kill mills in that scene yeah and some dude this is on quora quora whatever you want to call yeah, it quora he is a self-acclaimed movie writer 46 year old movie geek all right uh what up, Rob Taylor? He says that... <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> as I've mentioned in other answers, this is the point in his plan, which... This is the point... His plan, which had been in motion for almost a year, changes its target. So apparently John Doe was planning to force Somerset to kill him rather than Mills. However, once the younger cop appears, the plan starts to unravel and... Uh, Doe incorrectly attributes Somerset's black bag trick to find him to Mills. So I think he's talking about like the whole FBI yeah, like, right. list thing. He incorrectly attributes that to Mills and is impressed how he handles himself in their confrontation, the crime scene and chase. So he then decides that this is going to be his new target. And, and this is confirmed in the phone call with, I've had to change up my schedule. I don't want to ruin the surprise. So when they're in the apartment and they call and he's talking to Mills on the phone, that's when he says it. Not during an interrogation. That's when he's talking about how uh, I've had to change up my schedule. Damn. That's crazy. Well, thank you, Rob Taylor. Yeah. Interesting uh, analysis. I, Yeah, that's cool. Um, So... Oh, that's cool. So he like changed his plan just for Mills. Yeah, because they do get that FBI blacklist, right? Um, and um, that's Somerset's doing, which Mills was kind of surprised that Somerset did that. I was kind of like, oh, man, really? But I know he briefly mentioned it, but I love the dinner scene at their house. Yeah. It's also the only like happy scene in the whole movie because they like start laughing about um the, the there, vibrating there's, house. There's a, there's a, they're under a subway station or above a subway, I guess. And it always rattles. And uh, Somerset finds it like really funny that this detective like didn't think about that before he bought this house or he didn't know that about this house before he bought it. And, and he's like giggling. It's like the only like happy part of the movie. But I really like the scene. Yeah. He like makes a joke about how it being like, uh, vibrating comforting house or something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he does yeah just wanted to quickly um, mention that but yeah and like so once he's over there for dinner that's when we learn that mills and his wife are high school sweethearts too yep damn that makes, you're making it worse i know here's here's something that i thought of so we see multiple scenes with the dogs with uh he has like two big dogs yeah now they're always in that room, though. Shut up in that room. They've got newspapers all over the floor, um, you know, for the dogs. But I was wondering when the dude went to their apartment, 
just you know you would have think you would have thought that the dogs would have at least like made things difficult right like sensed that he wasn't a good person they might have barked but like you said they're in a room right yeah yeah think, think about that man if you just let your dogs out maybe he, they would have maybe they would have gotten his ass i don't know yeah or at I mean, least think about it if somebody comes into your house and they're like threatening and they're like coming at you and you have a dog that you're like heavily tied to i mean that dog's probably gonna stand up for you yeah not probably it will if you have a strong enough bond with it it will you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that's interesting that you brought that up yeah hmm let your dogs out more people not outside but more like <laughs> let them protect you i guess is what i'm saying yeah damn um I thought it was really cool how Somerset was there was like that scene where they're waiting for the fingerprints to come back. Oh yeah, and they're waiting in the lobby. And great great scene cuz the the talk they have is really about like being a cop and stuff. Yeah, and he's talking about how like they don't I can't re- remember exactly cuz of course I didn't write I just scribbled a quick note down. But I think he's talking about how like they don't um like arrest people. They don't like catch bad guys. They're just making little they're just documenting everything that happens, when it happened, and putting it into neat little piles. Yeah. And he makes the analogy of picking up diamonds on a deserted island and hopefully we get rescued. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically, I, know, and I just thought that was like such a cool way to put it. How like it is doing all this work into this case and gathering all this evidence. But like that's all in the hopes that this guy gets caught and that we go to court. Right. So that we can use this evidence to help get a prosecution. Just like, yeah, if you get rescued, then you finally have all these diamonds that you can use. And it's funny because at the end, yeah, they don't they don't ever go to court because Mills kills the the suspect. Yeah. I mean, it's also like a little commentary on the justice system, right? Um, But yeah, I really love the discussion in the lobby because like you, I I love your, I really love your analysis on that, on that line because you're, you're completely right. It's about like, you know, if you get rescued, you have the diamonds and if you, you know, it's, you you don't mean anything. Yeah. And it's a perfect analogy to, the case and what they're currently doing, but basically, yeah, it's, it's a great discussion and about the importance of their job. Right. Um, but, but, but yeah. it's also, again, kind of shows like how different their views are that because too. that's how Somerset views it. Who again is like a well-seasoned detective versus Mills. Who's seeing it as like, nah, we're, we're getting these dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. sees it a little differently. Yeah, great point. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, G money. <laughs> you uh, got any other notes to talk about before we uh, head into our, uh, you know, scores, recaps, favorite performances? Mm, I the don't. Only, the only little thing I had while you look is that I really thought it was funny when um, there was a scene where Somerset's working in his office, and I think Mills comes in, and in the background there's somebody scrape, scraping Somerset's name off of his office door. Like, oh yeah, further like, showing that he's leaving soon. Yeah, yeah, 
that's when the chief's talking to him and he's basically oh, that's like, what it is like that's when, when he, the chief comes in like you were made for this like when are you gonna leave yeah Speaking of the chief uh, I, just thought was, I i just sorry go ahead i i just yeah go ahead there was a scene where like mills and somerset are talking to him and basically telling him like these are going to keep going like these two murders both are based off seven deadly sins so like there's going to be more and the chief is like sitting at a desk i don't even know if he's the chief that's just who i assume that he is a captain maybe captain maybe usually yeah. if it's like a precinct it's a captain yeah because i think somerset's a lieutenant uh but anyway so, well then then that would work because usually it's lieutenant then captain okay in like a in like a certain precinct or like station it's like everybody else lieutenant captain and then captain's like the highest it goes just for that building and then later you know like the chiefs are usually not like just with them in like a police station okay you know what i mean so i feel like in most cases he's, he's like probably captain. a captain yeah he's just sitting at this desk and then the phone starts ringing and he just picks it up and he goes this isn't even my desk and he just hangs up i don't know i thought it was like really funny <laughs> yeah. it just really made me laugh that is funny i i, I that yeah I didn't even make a note of that, but I wish I had because it is it is pretty funny. But it just um, made me chuckle. I was like, "Oh, cap!" Yeah, there isn't a, there isn't enough of those moments in the movie. You know, so you got to take them when you get them. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot yeah. of lighthearted moments. You got to really you got to get them while you can. Um, but uh, that's all I got. G note wise. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got too. Uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about any of the murders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For Glutton, they basically had a very overweight guy eat himself to death. Yep. And uh, greed was written in blood on a wall. Um, he got a pound of flesh off. Yeah. Let the guy pick where, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, free gluttony sloth was that guy in the bed. Yep. Um, that one was the craziest one for me. I remember the first time I watched that movie and dude, he's kind of scared. He reaches the apartment and there's all the air fresheners. And then like that one SWAT dude is like, yeah, you got what you deserve. And you, we think he's dead. And then he's like, <gasps> yeah, he like, he's alive. He's alive. <laughs> He does. That's all. That was like a perfect sound effect because he really does like reanimate from the dead. It's really weird, but um, apparently it's, it took it's, it's kind of terrifying. Hours to put all of the prosthetics on for him. I bet the prosthetics were good, but he looked creepy. He kind of like an alien. But um, that was sloth. Uh, and Raph is of course Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, be John Doe. Pride. What was which one was? Oh, pride? they cut that girl's face off. And then he yep, glued a right. phone in one hand and sleeping pills in the other. And it was like, you can call but and get rescued, but you'll have to like live the rest of your days disfigured. Or you can just take all these sleeping pills and end it. Which is, that, ultimately, I guess, what she did. That is crazy. Yeah. That, that one's pretty bonkers. And then we have... Lust. Uh, Lust, who... Which, was, which one was that? It was the one with the prostitute. That one That's was probably right. the most disturbing out of all of them. That one was pretty disturbing. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. That one was pretty bad. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. And then finally, Envy, which is, of course, actually John Doe. Yeah. Uh, 
four mills, but it's just crazy that like throughout the movie, you're like, okay, we got three. We have three. We have three. All right. We have four. Okay. Five, six. And then you're like, damn it. You know, by in a certain point of the movie, you find out he's envy and you're like, we're missing one. Which one was wrath? He didn't do it right. And then mm-hmm. you're like, you're like, shit, that's only six. And then boom, right. Mills becomes wrath. It's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that bonkers? Like, like you, it's crazy one too, of the main characters becomes the last sin that you, and you weren't even expecting that. Like, what a crazy, like little twist of events that is. It's, it's crazy. It's good though. It's crazy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We should we should have probably gone over the murder specifically, you know. And um but yeah. Hmm. So all right. You want me to go first? Yeah, this time? you go first because okay. I feel like I go first a lot. Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um so favorite performance first, right? I really think, damn, I really think that Brad Pitt does a good job in this movie, Mm -hmm. especially in the scene where he's like crying and he's holding the gun and then he ends up just blowing John Doe away. But it just feels wrong to not give it to Morgan Freeman, man. He doesn't do anything like crazy, but he's just always so good that like, I don't know, Morgan Freeman is like one of the most like, I, I like reliable actors ever i feel like because he's just always so good i've never seen him in anything i'm like man he wasn't good in this movie and sometimes sometimes he's not my favorite performance you know what i mean like in trust and redemption because he's but he is really good in that movie but in this movie i think i i think i have to i think i'm gonna give it i think i'm probably gonna give it to him yeah just for you know that monologue at the end and um just like I said, just how freaking good Morgan Freeman is, right? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. He's a class actor. Um, so I, I I'm gonna give my favorite performance to to Morgan Freeman. Um, and I really, I also really just like the character of Somerset, right? You know, he's a really good detective. Yeah. He's got good morals, but he also dipped into the FBI blacklist. You know, he's not. He's not a boy scout, but he's but he's a but he's a good cop. You know what I mean? Like I I really like the character too. And he and he helped his partner's wife when she needed help. Like he's clearly a good guy. Somerset probably wouldn't have killed John Doe at the end, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Would you think he would have killed him? I don't think so. I don't well, I mean, it would depend, right? Because that's the thing. It's like, at least per this Rob Taylor guy on Cure, uh, uh, he said that that was his original plan, but like I don't think John Doe would have had to have done something to make Somerset fulfill the wrath. But regard, but so like yeah, what would, right. what would that have been? Because we'd never see that he has a fam. You know what I mean? Either so what like, would that have also what would that have been? But also like I don't know, I don't know if he would have done it though. But then again, I mean the circumstances vary depending on what it was, what he right. what John Doe does. But right. honestly, I don't know if he would have done it. I feel like I feel like Somerset's w- would be the type of person to realize that how better and more satisfying and you know the right thing to do is to leave him. But yeah. in the heat of the moment and he took something from you, you might just blow him away. You know what I mean? Like like I said, we would like to think that we would do the right thing, but 
but when a loved one has, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's tough to call, but I'm going to go with Morgan Freeman for my favorite performance. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, my score, my score, my score, um, score. Gosh. Um, I think I'm going to go with an eight. Hmm. An eight, I think. Uh, either that or 8.5, but I think eight. Um, I really enjoy seven. Uh, I love the vibe. I love the the the, the actors of uh, acting. Um, we've mentioned multiple points of uh, great directing by David Fincher, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, great cinematography. Overall, I mean, it's not like anything like crazy. I actually never had one where I was like, that is an incredible shot. Like, I don't think there wasn't anything like over the top for me with the cinematography, but it was it was good. I think mm-hmm. I think the, honestly, the, the camera work is better than the cinematography. We mentioned multiple times about like the chase scene and like you mentioned that scene. Like, I feel like the camera work is probably was really good. Um, But the cinematography didn't really scream to me. Uh, so that probably detracts from my score a little bit. So does music. There wasn't any there wasn't any memorable music in the movie for me, uh, which is always upsetting because I'm a big music in movies yeah. person. You're, the, you know you're what I mean? always the one that brings up the score. I am. I'm a big music in movie guy. I am. I love when a movie has such freaking good. I honestly think that like if you took some of my favorite movies and took their score out of and took their their entire score out of the movie, I don't know if I would like it as much. I mm. love scores in movies and what mm. they do and what how they make you feel. We just did Interstellar. Fantastic score in that movie. Yeah. And without it, you wouldn't feel the intensity and the pressure in some of those scenes. There I I said it. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like yeah, that's how it is for like, a lot of movies. Like the visual doesn't portray right and sometimes you need a really good music right like what would star wars be without john williams and his music for those movies who only knows right what would you know so i just that definitely detracts my score a large amount because there was no i wasn't like man this score like if there's a good score in a movie i'm I'm, i like to think that i'm gonna notice it you know so that definitely detracts from my score um but yeah, I really enjoy this movie. You know, I think it's a great movie. I do love the the vibe of it. The like I said, I love like just two detectives and they're getting down and they're they're get uh <laughs> I can't think right now. Solving a case, right? And they're doing old fashioned detective work. I just love that. Um and I it's a it's a crazy ending, but I really love how it all wraps up. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. it, it leaves you, like I said, going, man, what a, like, damn, like, wow, that was crazy. Um, so yeah, really enjoy the movie. Give it an eight favorite performance, Morgan Freeman. G turn it over to you, my man. Uh, so I actually like, I'm glad that you brought up Brad Pitt's, uh, like performance at the end, basically when he finds out about his wife and everything like that, because honestly, like before all of that, 
like before that last performance by him at the end, I just, I more so in the beginning, I actually wasn't really feeling him. Uh, so believe it or not, I think that, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling him. I'm kind of with you, honestly. I've, I mean, like comparatively in Brad Pitt's roles, like as an actor, I kind of feel you with that one. You know what I mean? I just, like, yeah, like I that scene with his wife. I'm not like, man, he's doing good. Like I said, like even when like yeah. they first meet, there was just I just I don't know. Uh, and I know that Kevin Spacey did not have, but like 20 minutes of screen time, maybe, and they, dialogue. Yeah. But yeah. Holy crap, dude! He nailed the. Deranged psychopathic killer madman guy, like perfectly, dude. He was like creepy to a T. Uh he he did a really good job, in my opinion, uh, of of just capturing that persona of someone who would commit multiple murders to f- carry out this whole plan, right? Um yeah. But I, I, so I, I do want to give my props to Kevin Spacey for that. Um, but ultimately, Morgan Freeman, uh, I have an idea for a movie that we'll discuss after the podcast for just some time in the future. It's a right. Kevin Spacey's in it. Um, we'll add it to the list, right? Okay. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, Morgan Freeman probably is going to take the cake for me. I yes. just. The goat. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's our second (laughs) movie. Actually, our second Brad Pitt movie too. I think that he did a way better job in uh, Fight Club than he did. He's he's he is phenomenal in Fight Club. Comparatively to this movie, it's like a whole different actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is a thing I'm really curious about. Uh, In the very beginning, Morgan Freeman asked Brad Pitt, or Somerset asked Mills, like. Why did you fight so hard to transfer here? Like you could have transferred anywhere, but yet you fought. Like you not even asked. Like you fought to get transferred here. Why? I don't know. That's interesting. And he doesn't ever say. He says something along the lines of like, basically, mind your own business. You know I what I mean? There, uh, there probably is a reason, but there's a lot of stuff in this movie. I feel like they just don't even like really reveal to you. Yeah, maybe we'll just say destiny brought him to this city. Have his wife murdered. I don't know, dude. It's crazy, but yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of remembered that while I was talking about their interaction in the beginning of the movie, where I was just like, "Yeah, Brad ain't he ain't doing it for me." Brad ain't hitting in this one. No, I I get what you mean. Morgan Freeman is, but yeah. So Morgan's probably my favorite uh, performance in this. Again, just I mean, we get I think the most screen time out of him from everybody, but just. The scene in the diner, the yeah. scene in the library. I thought it was really cool. He was like, you know, you guys working here, you have all of these books, all of this knowledge at your fingertips. And what you guys do, you just play poker all night. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just really like this character, too. I think that has a lot to do with it, as you said. He just has a really yeah. good character. Good um, character. He usually plays good characters, though. Yeah. But... So he's 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 my favorite performance. As far as the score goes, uh I just like really like this movie. I think like 
movies from the 90s can go one of two ways, right? They can either just be like those cheesy 90s movies that you can tell or like they're trying, they're working off that formula, right? Because at the end of the day, the movie execs want to make a big payday. So like we got to do what works. This movie's kind of like outside of that um, in the sense of like just how everything ends and just the whole movie is very dark and gritty. Uh, and then like, I, it all just works. Like every like apartment or place that they were in was like, mm-hmm. like just like it all seemed like old and decrepit, kind of like how Fight Club was, honestly. Um, That's David Fincher too. It, but it was like kind of like how we talked about how like S- Star Wars was all like a set and everything like that. But like this movie was just like very tactile. Like it just felt like, you, I mean, you said it right when you said it was just like very like real. Like obviously, hopefully homicidal maniac isn't real but just it it didn't seem like these guys were wearing something that had been pulled off of a like a costume rack it didn't seem like they were in like a cardboard box that had been painted you know i I don't know it just it felt very real and tactile and it's dark and it's gritty and it keeps you on the edge of your seat and with each murder you're just like oh my gosh no way like that's (laughs) crazy you that Um, is what yeah absolutely you know, and they're just like they're slipping these things in that are like some of them are there. There's a little bit of humor in there, um, you know, and it's not even supposed to like have these big laughs, but they're just these little things. Um, you know, like we talked about with the captain, like setting even my desk and he just hangs up. Um, and these moments between the characters and they're like. We see the development of their relationship between each other. Uh, and kind of how like Mills starts to recognize that like Somerset is like a mentor and he's like, you know, a wealth of, I don't know. Yeah. I love the duality of them. Right. There you go. There you go. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, the duality yeah. between them is really good. It's, it's great. And then like the, like the arc of Somerset going from being like super cynical to like kind of having like a change in outlook on things because of Mills. Right. Because of Mills, yeah. Um, but like the ending with just the twist of events and then the whole, like you said, kind of Somerset's whole thing about Ernest Hemingway's quote or whatever the quote yep. was. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um World's a it's a world is a fine place. Yeah. And worth I, fighting for. And I think uh one of those things is true. Mm-hmm. Um I was gonna give the movie a eight point two five. But I don't feel like doing the math on uh, averaging those because it would be like eight point one. It would be eight point one two five. That's gonna. That's hurt. a weird number. So I'll give it an eight with you because um, okay. I was on the fence between an eight and an eight and a quarter because I don't feel like it's quite a eight point five. Can I ask you this? Because it's the only thing you hadn't touched on with your uh, recap. Why well, isn't it a ten? Why isn't it a ten? Uh because even though, like, at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, man, that was a good movie. And I didn't have, like, the same feeling of, like, Interstellar when I watched it. Honestly, it probably could get a higher score than an eight and a quarter. Because you're right. Because, like, I'm trying to think of anything that's wrong with the movie. <coughs> and I got nothing. Um <laughs> 
like there's really nothing that's like glaringly like bothers me about this movie or anything like that. So I'm bumping my score up to a nine. Ooh, yeah, I mean, bump it. Yeah, right. Yeah, because mine was mine was cinematography and uh, score, which like I feel like dropped it. But yours, what what you really didn't have anything, right? So no, I really don't have anything. Uh, it doesn't really. So a nine, you're up to a nine. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm changes gonna... the score and then to an 8.5. Yes. All right. You heard it here first. That was the first time Garrett's changes to score, I feel like. Yeah. Well, because I, I was feels... like, I was like, tell us why it's an eight. And then you were like, damn, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, yeah. know reason. I don't really know. Uh so 8.5 is the Simmer Bros score for seven. Sorry. <laughs> um so yeah, that was the movie. Thank you all for uh joining us on this episode talking about seven i had a great time talking about the movie um i know it's one we wanted to do you know from the start it's definitely been on the list it's been on the list so it's good it's i scratched it off so (laughs) yeah very satisfying to do and uh yeah awesome movie glad we could talk about it hell yeah you ready to uh announce the next film i am i was wondering if yeah. we were going to it. All um, right. So the next movie we're doing, episode 38, uh, is going to be Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So the Cinder Bros are going back to Indiana Jones. Yes. So I don't know if y'all haven't listened to it. Uh, that's your homework until the next episode. Go <laughs> listen to our Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Lost Ark episode because, oh my God, were we like too giddy, like, like children. We were so... We had a great time with that episode. It still might be my favorite episode. Was that the first episode that we both gave 10s? Yes. Okay. It was. That was our first 10 episode. And we just had, I remember like hitting like, like end on that one. I think we were in person too, but we hit like stop. And I remember we literally like, we're like, dude, that episode, like our energy was like great episode. If you haven't, if you've listened to it, go check it out. Um, so yeah, we're returning to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. With the 2023 iteration and the final movie in the Indiana Jones uh, saga with Dial of Destiny. Garrett, you haven't seen it yet. That's I your homework. Not. Yes, that is yeah. my homework. You guys listened to our previous episode. Yeah. I will watch the movie. Yeah. And I'll watch it again. Yeah. Um. So super excited to talk about it. I'm interested to get your take because... I know, and this is crazy to people, but if we talk about in that episode, you are you don't hate uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is no, a movie like that it. a lot of people right, which is a movie a lot of people don't like. So I'm really right. interested to see what you think of. Well, I don't know. I I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but it's hated. So I'm interested people to see what you. They do. There are hate People a lot of haters. haters. So, so I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but now I, feel like I had to defend why I like this movie. Uh oh. I think it's really cool, like the whole extraterrestrial life aspect of it, and that like these crystal skulls are like the skulls of these aliens that visited Earth like thousands of years ago. Like that's cool as shit. I'm sorry, but it is. Uh anyways, continue. Um, so I'm interested to see what you think of the 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 last Indiana Jones movie, which was um received a lot better, right? Um 
it just as of yet as of this yesterday got nominated for an Oscar. So congratulations to Dial of Destiny. Uh, so they're starting their Oscars run. One nomination for best score. Oh. Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna see what Garrett thinks, and we're gonna, you know, give our That's thoughts cool. on how the Indiana Jones wraps up. Cause this is it. So we're going to talk about it. You guys are probably thinking, but you guys skip the four movies in between. We might go back. Hold on. There's nothing saying we can go. We can't go back and do the other ones. Yeah. The other three that we skipped. Right. And they don't have to be in order. Um, yeah. So that's what we're doing next episode. Come check. Come give it a listen with us and go watch it. If you hadn't seen it already. And, uh, they will uh, go check our Instagram because actually before the Dial of Destiny episode drops, there will be a poll and new viewer questions for you guys, Ooh. a new place for you guys to post questions for us to answer uh, on question time, which we have, of course, done uh, once Pretty or sweet. twice on the podcast. Yes. So question time, poll time, both next episode with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm super excited to talk about it. Me too. And I hope we get some questions because I really enjoy answering y'all's questions. Those are fun. They are fun. So yeah. it's going to be a great episode next time. We can't wait to see you guys there and we can't wait to do it. So you guys. Uh, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Later, y'all. <laughs>